All right, we are rolling live. This is ungovernable. I am Matt. Jocelyn will be here in a couple of minutes. She is running an errand. She has to go pick up our oldest at a uh, fun little friends event that they're having uh, out at a bowling alley. So she will be here in a couple of minutes. We have an awesome guest today. Um, I don't want to keep her waiting for too long. So just a reminder, like, comment, subscribe, share. Uh, we are not monetized on YouTube or Facebook, nor do we uh, aspire to be. So help us out with the algorithm to help get the uh, streams out there. Um, and huge, uh, huge plus if you listen to our audio-only version on the podcast, uh, give us a review. So five stars or thumbs up or whatever on the platform that you watch your specific podcatcher that, uh, I'm sorry, not watch, but listen to the, this broadcast on. Uh, always looking forward to seeing your reviews and hopefully you can help us out with the algorithm there. And a reminder, we take live questions and comments. So if you are watching the live stream right now, definitely feel free to participate. Or even if you're watching the recorded version, you can leave a comment and we get back to you or a question and we get back to you. So I uh, definitely want to hear what you have to say. So I'm going to hold off on the wine until Jocelyn gets here because that's like a sacrosanct thing. And I don't want to like be, uh, you know, opening up the wine without my wife here. And then all of a sudden the locks get changed and stuff like that. So uh, dude, Forest Mommy tuning in. Definitely check out Forest Mommy stream. Uh, Terminator Mommy is her like alter ego account on Twitter. Got uh, suspended earlier. So if she does get back on or if she has another account, uh, definitely end up following her. But follow her on YouTube and check out. She does two weekly streams. So definitely check out those streams if you look up Forest Mommy on YouTube. So without further ado, um, I have a special guest this week. Um, we are talking about religion, spirituality, and kind of how those tie into the liberty movement or the liberty world. And so I have the distinct honor of being joined by Rebecca. Rebecca, how are you doing this fine evening? I am good. You know, it's so funny because I'm like, what the hell did I say on that tweet to make you even want to have me on the show? Because I'm like, you know, honestly, like when I see stuff, I usually just with the first thought that runs through my head, I'm like, oh, I got to respond to this, you know? So I'm yeah. like, what the I, hell did I say? You know, I'm like, huh. Okay. Yeah, it it was definitely um it was definitely an interesting um first of all so a, a lot of our episodes are inspired by these kind of like you know random occurrences or thoughts and stuff like that that come up during the during the week in our life you know um and this was definitely one of them so uh I don't have the original tweet I could go back through all of my likes and stuff stuff like That'd that be a my, million. you know yeah. yeah right i i'm 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 a twitter degenerate so uh there's <laughs> so much there but uh yeah it was something to the effect of and and i'll pull up some some example tweets too because people seem to tweet about this a lot but um it was something to the effect of uh you know someone who is a, a very religious person who is essentially warning people you know do not be uh, uh enticed by you know uh like you know these these things that uh, purport themselves as spiritual right like oh uh, i remember it's like it's sacrilegious of you into yoga meditation uh zodiac signs and all this i'm like god well i'm i'm going to hell for yeah. <laughs> I, i'm driving the bus rebecca you can you can navigate <laughs> for me <laughs> uh yeah so that tweet just you know it, it's funny so spirituality for me, I'll just give you like, I grew up agnostic. So my dad was Catholic. My mom really wasn't religious for me growing up. So mm -hmm. um, I will tell you, so my dad's Mexican. 
So um, growing up, you know, we had this, this is what I remember. Like, it just still haunts me to this day. Like it was in like the playroom, but it was like Jesus hanging on the cross. And I was like with the Romans in front of him. And I was like, Mm -hmm. every time I looked at it, it was like, that's some scary shit. Like, yeah, this is just like, <laughs> what am I looking at right now? You know, um, so really didn't, you know, but he didn't like force it on me. So my my parents didn't force any type of religion on me. So any religion that I got was from like my grandmother and my aunts on his side. Hmm. Um, that would take me to church, but um, my parents were very very open with letting me have my own opinions and form my own views on things. So that's, that's interesting. That's like, that's a, um, that's extremely unique. I think nowadays, because a lot of folks, if they do have some deep seated religious beliefs, they want their kids to, you know, kind of like follow in, in, in that path. But it sounds like they kind of allowed you to explore on your own or, or at least kind of develop your own path. Oh, they did. Uh, many fights with my family about not, not really religion, but, um, you know, just, I'm getting in fights about how my dad would use the N word or um, calling lesbians and gays and trans freaks. It's like, Mm. I had all these arguments with them. It's funny because I've changed their mind on a lot of things, but they allowed me to have my own opinion. Like Mm -hmm. they allowed it, which was really interesting because I come from a smaller town in Arkansas and, um, we were kind of known for kind of being racist, a racist mm-hmm. town and things like that. And it's real Republican in this state. So sure. to have two parents that allowed me to have my own voice and they never, they never quieted me down. They never told me mm-hmm. to be quiet. Yeah. So and, and you're, that, you're right in the heart of the Bible belt right there too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We're part yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, I will tell you, well, where do you want to start with it? I mean, gosh, I could go on it from just childhood, you know, it was scary for me because, so I, I believe in energy. So when that girl said about like the Zodiac signs and all of this, I remember getting in an argument with this Pentecostal girl, she ended up becoming my best friend, by the way, in yeah. high school, I'm reading astrology and she goes, how can you read that? It's just words written on the paper. And I said, you read the Bible every day. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I literally looked at her. I was like, "Yeah, you read the Bible every day, and you choose to believe that." Right. I mean, let's. Why wouldn't we believe that uh, the alignment and stars? I mean, if it has, if it can affect the climate, and if it can affect the tide, and it can affect all of these things, why couldn't it affect our personalities? Mm. I mean, why? Why couldn't it? So, well, so uh, how did you get introduced to it? I mean, like. it sounds like you you grew up in a very, uh, at the very least, religious household, right? Um, mm-hmm. How did this stuff kind of like get introduced to you? Was it something that you had to specifically seek out or was it something that was introduced to you in school or your personal life well, or how did that come about? It's kind of, so I've never had, even when I was agnostic, I, okay, so I love history mm-hmm. and religion has a lot of history behind it. I mean, yes. let's think about the Roman Catholics. I mean- extremely the history of the roman catholic church is by itself amazing 
Mm. And I mean, they still do exorcism. So how cool is that? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely some movie material. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I mean, I mean, I will tell you, I get scared when I go to a mass. I'm like, Ooh, this is a lot. Um, <laughs> so I've always had a really big interest in it and, and I've never been, I'm a very open-minded person. Um, I don't know where that's came from, but I just, I'm very, very open-minded and I want to hear people's stories and I want to learn about different things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I remember going to a Marilyn Manson concert and, um, you know, the Christians outside picketing and everyone was being mean to them and throwing stuff at them. And here I am, I go and have a conversation with them because I'm like, you know, well, what is your, what is your agenda to be out here? What do you think of us? Or, you know, do you think we're all bad? You know, I wanted to hear their opinion. Mm. I wanted to have that conversation. And it actually was a really good conversation, you know, mm. before I went into the concert. So um, I got asked to go to church. I was, I was pregnant at the time with a, a person I, I was with. Mm -hmm. And this, this girl, um, she's African-American. She worked for me. I was her supervisor and we were leaving a christmas party and she, she said i don't know why i'm being felt like i need to ask you this but would you go to church with me and i was like why not okay you know why not so i went to this i'm literally the salt and the pepper shaker at this church and <laughs> i start going with her and I, I i make a lot of uh meet a lot of amazing people friends and, and things like that. And mm -hmm. um, like I said, I believe in energy and, and I've felt the Holy Spirit before. It scared the shit out of me when I was little. And mm -hmm. every time I go into any type of anything that's spiritual, you can feel the energy. I mean, you mm -hmm. get a group of people together, you, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Um, especially if they're all, you know, praying or doing whatever it is that they're doing or wherever it is. Um, but I remember, you know, I felt it come over me again and it's, it's a really big rush. And, you know, they asked, you know, if you wanted to be safe and, um, she said she'd walk with me and that's when I decided to get saved. And I still have a lot of different beliefs and I'm still learning as I mm -hmm. go. Yeah. Um, that, now, so th that's interesting. So, um, you would come from kind of a place where you weren't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, forced or, or compelled or at least directed um, in, in a certain, you know, belief in a direction of belief. Um, and so you had explored some, some different areas and, and, you know, you had talked about, you know, kind of like these, these kind of like oh, uh, astrology played, and stuff like that. I even played with Wiccan. I mean, I even learned yeah. about that. I mean, that was, that's an interesting religion as well in itself. Wiccan is and it's beautiful it has a lot of beautiful I think spirituality is beautiful I don't care what you believe in it can be God it can be the universe it can be the trees mm. it, you can say you're not spiritual you're spiritual if you have some sort of belief yeah like, let's 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 stop just putting it as well you're either Christian or you're not I mean so so would you say that there's um I it's it's a it's a deep-seated belief of mine I, I was raised baptist i was raised not southern baptist i was raised, nor, raised northern baptist but very fire and brimstone you know you have to be saved otherwise you're going to hell um you know that that kind of belief system um and uh i i, I always felt that there was a commonality amongst um beliefs whether it be conventional religions or or it be some of these other belief systems that are out there it just seems that there are some common elements right um and 
And that to me was the most important part. It was, it was these common things. It wasn't the things that were kind of like the small little nuanced things that set them apart about like, you know, how you did communion or, or, you know, whether you call it, you know, whether you believed it was the body of Christ or not, or if it was just symbolic and all these other things didn't really kind of like appeal to me to think that like, you know, one religion had it nailed, right? Like that, that, that they had, uh, the, the secret sauce. It really made sense to me that there was this kind of like common thread that really bound things together. Um, is, is that something that you've kind of like encountered or played with in your life? Or, or do you think that there's, you know, some path that's correct and some path that's, you know, maybe uh, leading towards, you know, destruction or in the, in a wayward direction. So I tend to stay away from churches that are all fire and brimstone. <laughs> okay. I really do. I, I really do. I, I, you know, the Bible has a lot of good morals in it. It really does. It has a lot of good things in it. What I perceive and take from the Bible could be completely different from the message somebody else. And that's what <laughs> I think. I think that people don't realize is that we all have different perceptions yep. um, and the way we perceive things and the way we hear things, the way we take things is all our own. So like the conversation we're having now, you could be taking it a completely different way than somebody listening. Yeah. You know, they're probably thinking she's an idiot. You know, yeah. we don't know. I mean, yeah. you don't know. I mean, so you can't, you ever been to church and the guys up there and you're like, Oh, this guy's an idiot. You know <laughs> what? Well, I can, <laughs> I can tell you in, in, you know, my younger life when, when I was, uh, in, you know, like my adolescence and whatnot being brought up, even having this conversation, um, you know, like kind of like entertaining even the idea of the fact that there's, you know, something outside of, uh, the Baptist faith or, or, or Baptist faith or, or in a broader context, just the Christian faith or Judeo, Judeo Christian faith, um, would have been looked at as, you know, heresy or, or sinful, right? Um, it would have been looked at as a, a certain level of evil, um, which I, I understand the context in which that gets taught, right? It's, it's, it's intended to help people from, you know, kind of wandering astray, so to speak. And uh, who knows where it dates back to, but, you know, falling victim to, you know, the occult or something like that, that might have been you know, uh, dangerous back in the day or, or, or something, you know, perceived as dangerous. But nowadays it, it, it definitely seems like this kind of like relic of a time period where there was a lack of information. Whereas mm -hmm. nowadays we, we definitely have so much more information to draw off of that. Maybe we don't need to, you know, tell people that something that is perceived as negative is evil. We just have to tell them the truth about like, you know, these, these things can lead you down a bad path, you know, if, if, Absolutely. if that makes sense. Absolutely. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always stream from the Bible. I mean, this is the thing, I think, what looks bad on Christianity, I guess, mm -hmm. how, how do I say this, is that we don't, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about the difference. The, we don't talk about the different thing, the different aspects. Hi, wifey. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah. Jocelyn's been on a whirlwind tour of uh, most of New Jersey. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. It's raining. I keep thinking I'm going to hit a deer or something. Yeah. So, um, but yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, we're, we're going to work you in. So, uh, Rebecca, basically, you're talking about kind of like the, you know, the, the, the the idea right. that we, like we had to stop or stop people from kind of like moving off in the wrong direction right 
Right. I think so for like the church I go to, it's, you know, he says it like this. He's like, you can sin every day and you're still saved. Mm. Now, do you want to use up that sin card like a credit card and just keep swiping it and just be, you know, expect it? Absolutely not. I mean, at some point you're going to have to have some sort of morals to kind of stop, you know, it's what you learn from. So I like, he teaches it from a point of how are you going to do better as a person? How mm. are you going to do better? So the church I go to, it goes into that and he doesn't, and for him, like he ends it and he says, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't even have to get back put in water. He was like, if you just say this prayer and you have that relationship with Christ, you're saved. Yeah. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want, he if you don't want to, to show it, you don't have to. Of course, he, he wants you to show it because the more people who know that you're a Christian, the more the word gets out there that, hey, we're not all bad, mm. you know, um, if that makes any sense. But <laughs> I could be rambling. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit the pause button for a moment. We we do have a little uh-huh, ritual. Yay! Uh <laughs> This is this is definitely not anything akin to uh, the, the holy sacraments or anything like that. Um, but we do have a bottle that we usually open up on the broadcast. So this is Washington Hills Cabernet. Got Cabernet. it in a different place this time. Maybe yes, down in New we, Hope. We got it for well, technically the place was in Lamberville, Lamberville right? Lamberville. Um, and this is from Walla Walla, Washington. So Walla Walla. Again, uh, Rebecca, I don't know if you're a drinker, but um, we always uh, open a bottle of wine. We are not, not expensive. Yeah, we're not bougie, so this is not like you know anything more than like bougie. Like, 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 I love yeah. that word. That is like my favorite <laughs> word. But one time I posted a fake product purse on Instagram, and I said it was bougie on a budget, and boy, you you would have thought I made up the coolest word in the world. I was yeah. like, <laughs> well, that, that's interesting. So, like, um, as far as like regional oh. dialect on it, like in Arkansas. Uh, if you're like putting on airs or something like that, what what would you call those people that you think were kind of like you know uh, bougie? Uh, yeah, like like oh. would you call them bougie or is there a different? No, word I still call people yuppies and yuppies. You, know. <laughs> you just said that word yesterday for the first time in like years. <laughs> I, the area that we got this bottle of wine from is definitely full of yuppies. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> in memphis the other day and um i was like i literally texted somebody and i said well i found out where the yuppies hang out you know yeah. like i found i found the cool spot in memphis you know like the, there is a there's a gastro pub like end of elm is a gastro oh it's pub, our right? favorite place it's though. our favorite place to go we are <laughs> it's like a gastro pub that's right off of uh, a, a train line that it used heads to be, direct into the city it used to be it used the to be the biggest a, dive bar like really, like a really, get a tetanus yeah. shot kind of dive bar oh, we loved it uh, <laughs> <laughs> right it, it is it is definitely bougie and yuppie but at the same time, they have absolutely so amazing food and drinks. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so if you know anything about like Tennessee and Memphis, Memphis can be a little rough. Mm. So I go from the Bill Street area, which is downtown, and it's pretty rough. And then all of a sudden, you know, looking up old used record stores, and then I'm like, all of a sudden, I see all these people just standing around and these women with their Louis Vuitton purses. I'm like, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I, right, I, I, uh, I know I'm in the yuppie zone. Like, so what, what am I? 
one of my favorite spots in Memphis, and I I can't have it anymore because we we don't really eat uh we don't really eat meat anymore. But one of my favorite spots for uh, ribs is the Rendezvous. Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right there in in the middle of Memphis. Um, absolutely fantastic spot. Homemade barbecue or homemade barbecue and yeah, that sauce. is barbecue. Yeah. That is barbecue. Yeah. If you're down that way, everything should be homemade. No. Yeah. Well, oh. yes. <laughs> Somebody you tweeted eat? me and said, you need to go to Corky's. I'm like, Corky's? That's a, a chain barbecue spot. Like, who mm -hmm. goes to Corky's in Memphis? What the yeah. hell? The best part of the rendezvous is it's like, I think I think it's in like the alleyway across the street from the Peabody, right? Like the Peabody Hotel, right? Yeah. yeah. I said, That's how Peabody people in Massachusetts say it. Peabody? Peabody? Yeah. I, Listen, I, I think you take the wine. Two. Take the wine away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the place, the place with the ducks. That's the, that's what it is. The, the Peabody. Yeah. Yes, the yes. Peabody. Right. Yeah, but it's like, it. but it's like, it's across the street, but it's like in the alley across the mm -hmm. street from the Peabody. <laughs> Peabody, Peabody. Yes. Mm -hmm. like All right. Puberty. So we're we're. <laughs> We're far afield away from the original sorry, conversation. I totally came in late. I have no clue what you were talking so about. So let, let me bring you into the conversation. Um, what did what was your kind of like background in terms of religion and spirituality? You were brought up with some element of religion within your family life, right? Um, but then you also had that kind of di dichotomy where your parents were also spiritual at the same time, right? Well, my, my mom's mother... Mm was a Polish Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who went to church every day, mm. whose best friend was her pastor, whatever, you know, priest. And, um, you know, she did the whole shame on you. Oh, yeah. And that came yeah. from the Catholics, I think. I, th yes, I yeah. believe it. I think it came from the Catholics. Yeah, so she was very... And so, I, you know, I think my parents felt they had to get me, you know, uh, baptized, mm all the way up to confirmation for my grandmother, I think is the kind of what everyone with the thought was, mm -hmm. but my parents never went to church. They maybe went on Christmas Eve, like years when I was younger, because mm -hmm. the candles were out yeah. to a church, but they were not. Um, but I, I think like I uh, had to because of my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I got confirmed in stiletto heels and a miniskirt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I'm only doing this for my grandmother. Um, <laughs> you, what, what part of Jersey are you in again? <laughs> Morris, Town. Yeah, you know, so like Morristown North, North Jersey. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not Atlantic City. I don't know. You know. <laughs> Funny thing is, is that I've been in New Jersey several, several times. I actually dated a guy in my early 20s that was from Newark. That's okay. not far. Yeah, that's right around the corner. It's like yep. less than 20 minutes. Yeah. I used to yeah. go a lot. I've been in New York City a lot. I've been there a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, what's funny is most people, when you tell them you're from Jersey, they expect you to have a, an accent like you're from Bayonne. Like, hey, yo, I'm Vinny. I'm from Bayonne. We got a refinery <laughs> down the street. Hey, what's it going? Like, they always think it's like Italians, oh. refineries, and like factories, right? Um, what's funny is like the vast majority of New Jersey is farmland, like South Jersey and West Jersey yeah. are all cornfields and cows and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, most then, people just know Jersey because of Newark International or Liberty International mm -hmm. Airport that they fly into. Mm -hmm. And then what they see when they fly over, which is basically Bayonne and Linden and <laughs> other places that have like big well, know, like, oil Jersey refineries. And Hoboken, that kind of a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. yeah so. 
we're not far from all yeah. of that. We're normal. Yeah. But so what's interesting is you had folks that, uh, especially your mom, like believed in like angels and, oh, yeah, yeah. and th these kind of like very uh, spiritual aspects of life that weren't necessarily mainstream Catholic beliefs. Right? No, 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 no. Um, they, and, they were like, they were like Edgar Casey mm. past lives. They both been for past life, you know, past life regressions. And yeah. 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 They, um, but but we had a priest at my mom's at, at their thing because I felt like just in case, because her mom was so. <laughs> this, this, this is a very interesting question, Rebecca. I, 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 I pose this to a lot of people. Um, okay. I, I find a lot of people believe in specific types of religions for that kind of like just in case, like that fail safe, mm. fail safe, like insurance policy. In case I die. Like, do, <laughs> Do you get that impression? I'm like, are there a lot of people that you've come across? That well, absolutely. Like... But that's because it's indoctrined into them. Mm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. there's always going to be people. Well, I mean, death is, if you think about it, a lot, death scares a lot of people. Death doesn't scare me because I, I feel like I'm going to be part of something bigger. I feel like I'm part of something bigger already. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're just in as this human experience. Like mm. there's a whole big, vast everything um around us i don't know how to say it i'm moving my hands and y'all can't see that because I'm <laughs> you must also but, be part italian but uh yeah no it's, my, it's the mexican in me so i like jump out and talk about everything you know i'm like you know, loud and everything so to me death doesn't scare me the way i die scares me but after i die it doesn't scare me Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's indoctrinated to a lot of us. I mean, it's a, a lot of people are scared of death and what's going to happen to them. Yeah. You know, and honestly, I, I don't really care. <laughs> so yeah. That's, like, gone, they keep, like, that's like they keep the priests or the rabbis like on call it a hospital, right? Like mm. they're always in the hospice areas and stuff. I feel like that's like. And that might just be more for the living. Oh, at least they had that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Wait, you well, know, that, and, uh, I think, you know, and also I think it is thing is that we don't walk in our, we don't walk in our own convictions. And I think mm. that's, the, that's the problem is that we don't own up to it. So prime example, I'll use myself. I've made tons of mistakes in my life. And, and when I was well, leaving my husband, um, you know, I wasn't happy and I did start talking to outside my marriage and my aunt goes, why did, what happened? You know, cause she's like, I never saw y'all together. You know, my husband never did anything with me. And I said, well, start talking to other men. And she goes, all right, well, way to just stand up in your, you know, she's like, that's, that's brave. You know, a lot of people won't hmm. stand up and say, this is what I did. Yeah. You know, this is, this is who I am. And so when people are about to die, I think they think that it's their last chance to get that salvation so you know i make peace with it now and i go okay i made this mistake who am i going to be going forward yeah what am i going to do now how am i going to act now you know um where a lot of people don't if that makes sense no that totally makes sense i what's interesting is whenever i ask that question or, or whenever we kind of like talk about those aspects especially when it's end of life stuff i i, I always forget who the hell said this but um the quote is uh, everyone dies, not many people live. Right. Um, and it, it's 
the the thinking that like you know on your deathbed if you truly don't want to have any regrets like why would you live a life of of you know either fraudulence or or something that at least at the very least that you couldn't feel comfortable with on your deathbed admitting that to yourself or to the people around you that you lived right like um mm -hmm. and it just makes me think of you know again that that commonality right if you have a a, a certain set of principles or, or, or kind of like, you know, perspectives that you live out, regardless of what your religion is, or, or regardless of how you choose to, you know, practice. Um, I think most people, if they were able to embrace that, like on their deathbed, they wouldn't be afraid. They wouldn't run for lifeboats, right? Like they, they would, they would be able to be comfortable with that. And I think a lot of people, you know, may choose to have a priest with them because, they lived that life and because they were, you know, uh, a, whatever it was, mm -hmm. devout Catholic or, or they mm -hmm. truly believed in, in what, what it was, you know, I think we hit up the priest yeah, just in case my mom would have wanted it. We weren't sure. Right. Like yeah. the Marines were there for my dad. Yeah. And the priest was there. And I kind of think sometimes priests have nice ways of saying things. Mm. Right. I feel like what, what, what was interesting was like, to your point, Rebecca, the it sounds like the, 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 the parishioner or, or whoever heads up the pastor that heads up your church might've had kind of a similar viewpoint is that the, the priest that we had, um, wasn't this kind of like hard and fast, yeah. uh, you know, devout Catholic priest, or, or at least he, he left the door open to or say like, you know, let's, let's be open. open and it. yeah. Cause we, we he didn't just had a sabbatical, right? Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually he had a sabbatical in Sedona, Arizona. Yeah. Right? Which is their favorite place. Yeah. Um, and, and talking about kind of like spirituality and stuff, there are these places in the world that just seem to have these kind of like auras about them. Um, mm -hmm. and this Catholic priest just so happened to, you know, have just traveled to that area where, where Jocelyn's parents felt, uh, very kind of like, uh, drawn to, or at least connected to, um, Oh, wow. That's yeah. Nice. So, just interesting. I don't. I didn't hear your story of um, of is it something you were you all your life Christianity? No, it wasn't. No, I mean it wasn't at all. And I, it's still pretty new to me now. If you want to know what really introduced it, what why I've gotten into it a lot more now and learning more about the Bible is, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Neville Goddard. Um, but he no. was he was a I want to say nineteen fifties nineteen sixties. Um, but he believed in um, the law of assumption and that God is within all of us. Mm. So what we perceive and what we think is going to manifest out into reality. And he has all these quotes from the Bible that literally actually kind of show you that. So take, for instance, the woman who believed if she touched Jesus's cloak, his bloody cloak, she would be healed. Mm -hmm. She believed it. She believed it. She believed it. She believed it. And she touched his cloak and she was healed. Now, was that a placebo effect? Was that just something that she just thought would happen? Is that real? Or did she just assume it to be? Because mm. the mind's so powerful anyway. I mean, if, if you, I love books like The Power of the Subconscious Mind and things like that. And all of it kind of ties in. So you've got the universe, you've got God, you've got everything. So when you think about faith in a whole, you're actually assuming all of these things, right? That you're learning in the Bible comes your assumption, your assumption becomes fact to you. 
may not, but that's where the perception goes to ever somebody else because my perception, my perception and my assumption of something's going to be completely different than somebody else's, but that's because they're in their own head. They're their own writer and director in the world and God is in them. Well, mm. God is in me and I'm my own person. I'm going to create my own reality and bring who I want in it. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but that's how I. No, no, no. I'm like, not, not, not at all. I, I'm, I'm. Go ahead. I, I know no, you're kind of like going. I, in I on was this, saying, like, I was thinking of it because one of the things I said, I, I don't ever want to dictate how my how my kids believe. Like, I want them to follow their path, whatever finds them. You know, um, that's what my parents kind did. of what my parents did was teach. They, they gave me a solid foundation in Christianity, which was really like stink bombs in, you know, trying to get out of class most of the time and making fun <laughs> of the teacher. Like that was pretty much all it was. Well, you also went to CCD, right? CCD until okay. I was like yes, freaking yeah, yeah. 16 or 17. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Catholic school? Is that Catholic school? Yeah. It was, so, it, it's like, it was like after school or did you do it on Saturdays? I had to do overnights. Yeah. They got the pro-life people in to show us the board. I mean, I just can't even, I have a bad experience with any organized religion, but if my kid chose to go in that direction, I would, oh, but I would let them do it. You know, mm -hmm. I want them to do what they do. The only thing I said to you in the beginning was they have to believe in something bigger than them. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only big thing. I think you have to have faith in something bigger, mm -hmm. wherever that is. Yeah. You know, and whether it be an organized religion or not, you know, well, or Buddha or like what we're doing now, like consciousness, right? Like, yeah, as long as it's bigger than. Yeah. Right. Well, to, to your point, Rebecca, um, a, a common theme in our household is when we're talking about like um, whether it be health, whether it be uh, our, our kind of like mindset, whether it be how we're kind of like raising our children, um, that what you just brought up, like whether it's a placebo effect or not, we, we really don't care if it, if it if it creates a positive effect right? Do mm -hmm. I care whether or not it's a placebo or not? I know a lot of the mm -hmm. people out there will be, um, I used to be of this mindset. I, I, I was, I, I was, you know, uh, educated in engineering and, and, and science. And it was, it was drilled into me that, you know, the placebo effect is not an effect. It's, it's a, it's a, an outlier, right? You can't depend on it, that kind of thing. But from that standpoint, like it's also appreciable, like it's, it's actually measurable, right? Like it's a mm -hmm. thing. So like, you can't just disregard it. And so when you, you know, whatever kind of belief system you end up adopting or, or kind of like internalizing, if that produces positive results, who the hell is someone else to tell you like, oh, you're doing it, it wrong, work, right? right? Like you exactly. believe wrong, right? But that's, but that's where the people are the ones who convolute and screw up any type of religion or spirituality mm. it's the people i mean it's not the religion it's not yeah it's the people who do it it's the human I mean, effect yeah exactly <laughs> i mean you know it's, it's because you want to know what the problem is is that we all walk around wanting to be right mm. yes yeah i mean let's not act like i mean it's funny so my little astrology thing sent me a little tweet today not a tweet but a it always texts me during the day and it said, you're not a saint. And I was like, well, fuck you too. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I thought, well, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Obviously it means something I didn't. But um, 
Yeah. So, you know, I think the thing is, is that people always want to be right. And, and, and mm. power and greed is a real thing. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a real, it's a human instinct. Animals have it. We are not far from animals. Let's quit joking ourselves. And the thing is, is that we can rationalize and most mm. animals can't. But um, when we think about lions, you know, think about how they act, right? Yeah. Or monkeys or anything or any sort of species out there is that they all want power. Mm. It's greedy. Power is greedy. So what happens is, is that you get people who in the church and churches who get very powerful, um, very greedy. And that's where you start seeing, I call this one church, it's a huge Pentecostal church. It's beautiful, but I call it Six Flags Over Jesus. Every time I pass it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, well then, there's Six Flags, it's like, and on the right, you have Six Flags Over Jesus. Let's continue on. You know? So, you just wonder, like, how how did the greed get in there? So like, I don't, I, and then of course there's a church here in town. I call the Disneyland of churches where everybody has to go and take their pictures in front of the fun little selfie places and all that stuff. And yeah, everyone's all in everybody's business. So I don't go to that church because it's just like, no, that's I have to say, I could see where some of these churches around us, like what's the liquid church. Yeah. I could see where they pull in young people. They have freaking bands and they're out there like, and then they help so much. So, so here was something also interesting that was, uh, so, um, someone that I, I knew when I was younger, um, the, I, I asked them, you know, like, even if you're not in line with the with the belief system of the church, or at least you kind of see that the the pomp and circumstance is just that. It's just pomp and circumstance. Like, what do you really get from it? And 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 this person really kind of laid it out pretty succinctly. Um, and they were like, it's the community, mm-hmm. right? Like that that's what I get from the church. I get the community. Mm-hmm. And regardless of whether or not, you know, like I've I've uh, you know, led a good enough life to go to the afterlife or whatever. I really don't even care. Like, I I just care that I have a community of like-minded people that are around me. Um, and that's it's very interesting in, in the context of today, because in the context of today, like on this show, we've talked about mass formations. We've talked about things that happened or co- during COVID. We've talked about the fact that a lot of people feel isolated or yeah. depressed because they don't necessarily have groups that they... Um, that, that they uh, attribute themselves as being a part of that have very close relationships. The relationships are extremely superficial. They're extremely kind of label driven. Yeah. They're not exactly kind of like belief driven. Right. Um, and it, I keep thinking back to that. And I'm like, you know what? That makes so much sense because regardless of whether or not you think that the, the mechanics of your belief are correct, right? Like um, it makes so much more sense that you're, around a people around a group of people that are supportive and loving mm-hmm. and uh you know well, they share some kind of base uh uh you know uh base not just beliefs but but core values well, you know what my aunt judy all the people from the church who came out to her funeral yeah she had developed a whole she was never really religious i don't think like that until she got cancer and then she kind of like went into this idea of the church and she was like she had was it a knitting something or other? Yeah, I like a knitting group or something. It was a huge group and yeah. they all were so, I mean, they, they were all there. Yeah. And it was like, like a, a, 
stone, like a touchstone for her life in the last few years. So, I mean, you know, I, and I get that. Mm. I get that. And I think um, they also, some churches, like the, they really do great work in the community. Mm. I, I like it's, I, you and I could not get together the same thing that a local church with people could do for like, well, no, I mean, like we, we would have to, we would have, we to, would have to form fast. our own church. <laughs> but is, is that something that resonates with you, Rebecca? Do you kind of like see that happening true? I do love the community. You know, I, the, the church I picked, the reason why I picked it is because it's not, oh, like it's not overloaded with a ton of people. Um, everybody has tattoos and piercings and, um, we get along you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, they're just very accepting, um, they don't i have i haven't heard any gossip so like some churches you go to you're going to hear gossip oh yeah you know i don't <laughs> we don't get, I don't get sunday potluck that. sunday potluck <laughs> that table is a good spot yeah, for all exactly. the gossip <laughs> uh the pastor is young um he's great he's young he's funny you know he did a whole series on marriage and dating and sex and it was funny i mean he made it to where you could actually relate to it and mm. so that's why i picked it but I also enjoy it because so the funniest thing is that I said I would um, help serve coffee or, you know, work the coffee bar. And then they called me and they're like, we really want to ask you to work in children's ministry. I don't have children. Yeah. And I literally looked up and I was like, God, are you fucking with me right now? Like, like, what are you doing? Like, I don't even understand, you know? Um, but I tell you, it is probably the most rewarding out of, out of everything because these kids are just it's so loving and so awesome. And, you know, if anything, because we just teach them the Bible and, and to, to think positive and to treat people nicely. And um, but I just I just look at them and, and I just go, man, kids are amazing. They're just so open in their imaginations and then they're so loving yeah and then i come back to the real world and i'm like god i'm scared for them yeah. <laughs> you know? that is until you have three children yeah <laughs> <laughs> of your own and sibling <laughs> rivalry happens <laughs> and then you want to kill them right yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really—it's—it's it's crazy. I don't know why they picked me to do it, but I do love it, and um, it's taught me a lot. It's taught me a lot of patience, mm. and um, I've always been good with my friends' kids. They've always loved me, but this has been really good. It's been really good. Well, the good end of it is like you know <laughs> Sunday or whatever. You have your your service, and you have to you know take care of your duties. Um, you get to hand the children back. So <laughs> that is a blessing. I'm going to tell you what. They moved me to kindergarten to second grade. And oh, that's a whole other, uh, that's a whole other energy. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, it's like ants, ants on cocaine is basically what it is. This one, I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but this little boy, he is so loud and he's just so, he is obnoxious, bless his little heart, but I love him. Like, <laughs> I got to look at him a lot and give him the eyes and I'll just kind of do, you know, that they did on Meet the Fockers, you know, and he would like do the eyes. <laughs> one of I had to do that with him a lot. You know, I'm like, you know, listen, like grownups are talking. Yeah. I love get along with Piper. Everyone loves Piper when they see her. So, um, I, 
an anecdote I always kind of like come back to, or, or I have at least in recent years is um, a couple years ago, we, we went out to the, the one street fair. Right. Um, and there were, there were some folks there from a church that were trying to, you know, basically, um, you know, share their story and, and uh, get people to come into the church and whatnot. Um, and, and we got into a conversation and having grown up in, in organized revolution, revolution? Or, organized, <laughs> religion which i hope would grow into a revolution but no um but so having grown up in organized religion um i've, I've actually kind of found that you know my my belief system <laughs> lies outside of of most organized religions but like when we were having a conversation i said i said we're going to get to a lot of the same places we just get there from a different direction because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a very big, uh, like natural rights and natural law person. Right. Um, and so from the very standpoint of, you know, most, um, especially Judeo Christian religions, when you look at the, the cause and effect of, you know, what would be considered a, a righteous virtues versus a sinful act, natural law or natural consequences really kind of line up with that. Um, and so I know a lot of people feel like natural law and not natural consequences require, you know, some divinity as far as like a creator or, or an original power in order to put those into effect. I don't necessarily, um, need that, so to speak, in order to like, you know, rationalize it or, or, or feel that it exists. But from that standpoint, I, I think I get to the same people, the same point as those people, right? Like I get to the same place because I believe that you can observe in nature if I do X, Y happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and it's it's really interesting when you when you cross that over with most organized religions, a, a lot of the teachings really just have to do with natural consequences. A lot of them have to do with like, well, you know, if you over imbibe you end up being a, a a drunk and you have problems right like if if you end up uh uh basically cover coveting your neighbor's wife you end up with drama and things fall apart and your life gets complicated mm -hmm. and all this other stuff like it's just natural consequences right what i thought was interesting though was when you got to the transcendent i've been waiting for you to find some spiritual kind of something or other yeah for a while and i feel like the transcendental meditation talks to you mm. The idea of like a consciousness. Yeah. It's not necessarily something that's outside of yourself. It's not something, it's like this energetic kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like that, that talks to you. So right, let me we ask just talked about energy. Like it's all energy, <clears throat> no matter what you call it or believe in it, it's all energy and how yeah. you. So <laughs> let, so let me ask you, Rebecca, specifically, uh, meditation is that something that you've kind of like been introduced to or, or dabbled in? Oh, I've been doing transcendental I, I, meditation. I've been doing meditation. It's hard for me though, because I have ADD. So my brain is all over the place. Okay. So I have to do guided ones where like, so one of them um, kind of, it'll say, focus on the word trust. And it'll say, focus on the word trust. See that, see it in your mind and clear your mind and only see it. So it's, it's very hard for me to do but I've gotten better at it. So it's like trying to stop all those thoughts so that I can get in and just be. You got to try transcendental meditation. That, that, <laughs> it's made for you. That, it's made for you. That is, that is my meditation in the morning. Like I, I can tell you, so like we meditate twice a day, transcendental meditation without kind of like speaking too much about it because it's like, it's Oh, you're this, like lip, 
Seal. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's supposed to be something that's taught from <laughs> from mentor to teacher. So like you can't necessarily talk too much about it in the open. But um, we meditate twice a day, and I can tell you that my morning meditation is exactly what you're referencing. It is. I'm thinking about what I have to do for the day. I'm thinking about what I didn't do yesterday. I'm thinking about uh, you know uh, whatever. The kid who like walked in the room. Yeah, <laughs> the kid who walked in the room and, and the cat that I need to throw out the door and all kinds of other stuff. Like all the the evening meditation typically is much better because for some reason I've I've cleared all that junk out of the way. Like you know. Yeah. But um, it is definitely the like for, I I but I think people, most people what, would say I had ADHD. What what I like about it. I do too. <laughs> is, what what I like about it is when when you're being taught it. One of one of the underlying ideas is like you're not supposed to get down on yourself. Like if if. If you do have one of those meditations where you close your eyes for 20 minutes and it's just like <laughs> your brain is just like and then and then and then and then and then and then it's all good. It's okay. That's just the way it was supposed to be. Like um yeah. so it's like I appreciate it's, that. It's the medit- I have I have been on a spiritual journey for many years. I've done moving meditations, mm. I've done guided meditations, I've done like chanting meditations, I've done hot yoga, all of it. And I've never been able to meditate before I started. Y'all, I just got sorry to break in. My mom just texted me and said, "Watch your mouth." So obviously, she's listening. <laughs> I that, that's okay. We don't want to get in trouble with mom. <laughs> right, exactly. She's always saying, "Rebecca." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I also find a very interesting parallel between meditation and prayer, right? So. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a lot of folks that are people of, of more kind of like structured faith um, uh, use prayer, I find, in a very similar way as, as people that use meditation or, or vice versa. I was never a prayer person. No. I, I, are, are you someone, Rebecca, where like you'll, you'll, you know, not just pray for a couple of seconds, but like you'll, you'll dedicate five, 10, 15 minutes to prayer? Or is that something I'm that not, doesn't really kind of break uh, in? I don't, I don't. I don't really just stop and pray. I mm. I don't really sit there and go, okay, so again, my belief is different than anybody else. I believe that God is, is in me. So mm. he's with me all the time. So I talk to myself. I talk to my mm. higher self that he's with me. So mm. I talk to my higher self and I'm like, okay, you know, and of course, you know, I'll, if somebody needs prayer, I'll say, you know, please watch over, you know, so and so. But I'm not a sit and devout prayer. No, I'm not. That's just not mm. my style. Yeah. It's not something I do. I have um, to say, I've always been a little bit in awe of people um, in mosques that do like on the rugs and like they surrender their body to the earth. Kind, You know what I'm talking about? Like they're down and, and, and oh, yeah. I've always been awe, in awe of that. I and that like surrender to to that that's always well, well there's a there's a there's a rhythm to it um mm-hmm. it, it it has always struck me as something that is very analogous to uh meditation or some kind like of daily Sufi ritual dances or something yeah like i don't know it, it's but so from that standpoint it's like it's again this is this is kind of like talking about those commonalities or at least the the overlap that happens amongst people that are of, of different faiths or, or kind of like different perspectives on, on existence or spirituality. They, there are these things that are, there are uh, kind of like uh, they, they fulfill the same space, right? They might be a different, different they, yeah, they're, they're like a different uh, um, 
execution yeah. of them, right? But at the same time, they kind of fulfill that same place. And so I think some people, you know, might pray, some people might do yoga, might, some people might take a, a walk alone in, in the forest. Um, so like mm-hmm. all of these different things kind of like uh, fulfill the same, the same purpose almost in, in people's lives in terms of like, whether it be self introspection or even, you know, uh, what's the word, what's the opposite of introspection? Like, Outrospection, <laughs> extrospection, um, you, you know, looking inward versus right, looking outward, right. that kind of thing. Um, and and there's, there's a level of absolutism in some people that I think works against w- what could bring people together. Because I think there's a, a level of exclusivity that some people within certain religions and, and to your or point, like Rebecca... Yoga. Well, to your point, Rebecca, mm-hmm. like they 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 want to be right. Like I I believe right, you believe wrong, right? Or like this that is kind the of right thing. way. That's the wrong way. Yeah. Like that whole... Yeah. Um, and I think that just kind of gets in the way of of what could be something that's unifying. You know, I mean, like, um, but I, isn't that the human element, the greed of it, because you want right, like you want well, it, to stake your claim to? It, it could be you... greed. It could be. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I, I was raised being told that like, you know, the, the select few who were saved would be the ones who go to, to heaven. Right. And so that is a, that, that is a small subset of, of Mm -hmm. the billions upon billions of people that have lived throughout time. Right. But who are we to say who's going to go to heaven and who's not, you know, that's the thing is, is, that's the, what I think people are realizing now and i think that's what's turned so many people away from a christian based religion yeah because you know who are we to to do that when it's really not our call it's really not our and for years i think christianity kind of had some opinions on things that were just very harsh you know like gay marriage or well i i think that kind of thing i think it's become very i i also think it's become very co-opted I think that organized religion in a certain extent has become very exclusionary and, and, um, segregatory. Is that even words? I'm just making up words today. You should write them down segregatory or, or, you know, segregationist. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it's drawing these artificial lines between people when really, you know, a lot of folks probably believe very similar to you. They just might do it in a different way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I, are, are you, Rebecca, are you familiar with Mark Passio at all? No, I'm not. So, yeah. So, uh, Mark is an anarchist and, and Mark does a lot of talks, uh, from a very religious or spiritual standpoint. And he talks about this kind of like, you know, push and pull, or he might even call it a war between good and evil. Right. Um, he actually spent time in the Catholic church. He spent time in the um, Satanist church. He, he's, he's spent time in a lot of these different kind of religions across the spectrum. Um, and he really talks about some of these things from the standpoint that a lot of people truly don't, um, uh, they don't understand really the hit, like you were talking about history, right? Like religion has a lot of history to it. Um, the, the historical progression of some of these religions is also extremely interesting and telling about, some of it's awful. Well, it's it, it could be awful. It could be uh, it could be from the standpoint of these power struggles that happen between you know. I mean, you're, you're a liberty minded people. Like you know, people have vested interests in power 
along with religion sometimes. And that causes the religion to, to shift or I'm like, just look no further than the church of England and how that came about versus, you know, the Catholic church within, within, yeah. you know, the, the United Kingdom and the English. I love Empire. the story of the church of England. I mean, yeah. come on, he just wanted a divorce. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. You know. I mean, you know, let's get that straight. I mean, he just wanted a divorce. I mean, I yeah. love that, that entire, but I love history. So I mean, I guess I, when we first started the podcast is that history is so embedded. There's so much history in, in any religion you look at, mm. you oh, know? Uh, yeah, totally. It, 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 it has like a heartbeat to it almost like, or, yeah. or, or, or like, you know, a, a lifeline, you know? Um, so, uh, let me ask you this. So how does your kind of profession pro progression in your, in your faith and your spirituality translate into your viewpoint as far as, you know, liberty or, or freedom or kind of like your, you, oh, it's maybe... never going to, it's never going to interfere with, I mean, we all deserve basic human rights. Mm. Um, you know, I remember being in college and, and sociology and looking at this and, and I've always been, like I said, from the get go, my parents let me have a very open opinion about things. And I was probably the only girl in school that was glad when the South lost the Civil War, you know, in class. But because I, I just feel like I've always believed in basic human rights. I don't know where that's come from. It, it, it's not like it was embedded in me from my parents. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have liberal parents. Well, my dad was an independent. I did learn that from him. Um, but my mom is very conservative. I mean, she still has MAGA on her damn profile on Twitter. I'm like, can we take that off? <laughs> like, like, can we take that down now? You know? Um, but, you know, I it really hasn't. Because um, if you look at other aspects of the Bible, you know, what Jesus says is that you always forgive and who am I to forgive somebody for, why do I have to forgive somebody for living their own life? It's their basic, it's their basic human right. Mm. And then he also says, wash their feet. You know, Jesus washed their feet. He, he, he mingled with, with, you know, prostitutes. He mingled with druggers. Like he didn't, he didn't single anybody out. Yeah. It's us. It's, it's like I said, it's, 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 it's us, the human, the humans that are destroying the religion. So, and so that, that actually really factors into kind of that interplay that I, I see with natural, natural law and natural consequences. It's that it, it was embodied in so many things, specifically the stories within the Bible, right? But the, the idea that um, something might be viewed as negative or sinful or something like that doesn't necessarily mean that that person needs to be thrown away. Right. They suffer the, the consequences of the their own choices or their own actions. Right. Um, Absolutely. And and they should come to expect that. Right. Like they they shouldn't expect something different of bad behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. um, or, or not necessarily bad behavior, be, but behavior that is more than likely to result in a, in a certain result. And and so but at the same time, you know, you had someone who was essentially saying, well, you know, you don't forsake those people or, or you don't throw them away. Um, you try and, you know, bring them a new option, right? And like, uh, how many times do I use the phrase, like you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make a drink, right? Like you, you, you basically can introduce these ideas to someone, but you can't force it upon them because if you do, 
that even if they acquiesce or something like that, they're never going to believe it, right? Like they're never going to internalize it. Um, and so it, it, it quite often, like, I don't necessarily get there from a standpoint of a religion, but I get there from a standpoint of just natural consequences. And if you engage in something, you are more than likely to get this result. Um, and it, it seems to, to cross over, but I think it's very interesting how puritanical some people can get about their their religious beliefs. I mean, you know, old school Catholics. Old school Catholics are, are, Catholics. are yes, yeah, <laughs> are are, are really very puritanical, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, well no, Southern I Baptists mean, are Southern yeah. Baptists are horrible. I mean, you know, here's the, what I always say is that even even people who don't believe. Okay, let's just go into a little political right now. You know, everything is you have to accept you have to accept mm. we don't have to accept anything that's put in front of our face oh yeah you don't have to accept that you, we just don't you don't have to accept religion you don't have to accept you don't have to accept that but you can respect somebody's view of not wanting to accept it does that make mm. sense does yes. that make any sense you know you you can expect you can you can respect it you can respect respect, someone's decision not to accept it or not to go along yeah yeah you know and i think that's what judgment right that idea of like you do you i'll do me let's just not hurt each other (laughs) yeah Yeah, that would be such a perfect world but you know right so i mean you know what's funny is that i don't know i i i have trans friends i have gay friends um, I've had parents come to me, um, three o'clock in the morning crying. My daughter came out. What do I do? And I said, well, how did you react? And she's like, well, I let her talk. And I said, well, first, you know, it's like, you know, my first thing to her was, first of all, you're going to have to let your feelings come out because you're allowed to hmm. have a feeling about it. Mm-hmm. First, allow yourself to have a feeling about it. Don't let your daughter see it, but allow yourself to have a feeling about it so that you guys can rationally talk about it because she accepts her daughter and loves her daughter. She's like, I, she's like, I just knew you'd be the only person I could really come and talk to about this, right? Mm. I'm like, so you gotta let those feelings come up and you guys, and you're gonna have to talk to her like I do my trans friend. It's like, not everybody is going to accept the choice that you made and yeah. you have to be okay with that so not everybody accepts that i'm a christian they automatically mm. think i'm a racist or i'm a bigot <laughs> all these things you know well, well you're from this... arkansas i mean like so that's just... <laughs> like i know god. <laughs> god, like god you're from the south you're automatically racist yeah that's right yeah yeah you know, it is interesting yeah. how Christians have had a bad rap since, like, especially since the whole Trump thing. We're, I feel like there's no, 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 rap. no. It's it, it started that? way before that. No, oh, no. absolutely. Really bad with that. No, and and um, I, I think liberals are are or or not necessarily liberals because that word has been co-opted or abused and stuff like that. Specifically, leftists have also suffered the same problem. So, like, um, they've allowed or, or they haven't allowed, but the 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 um groups that are most extreme among the Christian faith. So take uh, the the Westboro Baptist Church that oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, pickets oh, you know, gay funerals and stuff like that, right? Um, those folks have been 
highlighted by the people that are essentially the the enemies of the Christian right, right? right. Um, as you know, to make you think that that is basically the garden variety average right. Christian, yeah, average. right? Um, and then the the people that are on the right end of the spectrum have used the crazy cuckoo atheist types to make you think that those are the average garden variety, you know, uh, atheist, non, you know, agnostic kind of person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it gets to the point where you're, you're basically talking past each other because truthfully at the end of the day, there are, there are way more commonalities than there are things that, that separate us. Now, every single one of us are individuals and, and we're all unique but at the same time, when you look at some of these things like we've been talking about, whether it be prayer versus meditation, whether it be faith versus, you know, how you kind of see, you know, whatever it is, uh, uh, astrology or, or something like that. Uh, however, those things manifest within your life. They're not that much different. You might call them different or, or the mm-hmm. mechanism might be different, but the, the people are not that different. It's just yeah. you're you're it's all kind like, of searching for the same. It's thing. like I spend money at the bookstore, whereas someone else spends money at church. Uh, they both get us off, right? No, store church. I I, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the fact that you didn't attack <laughs> me by saying that you spend money at the bookstore and I spend money like on electronics. So I appreciate that. But, yeah, um, but like people spend money in their church community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like that gets them off in their own way. I mean, not in a bad way to say that, but like, right? So I, love, I love a bookstore. Well, <laughs> so that I spend it in subscriptions to magazines. I don't. I don't know if I would phrase <laughs> it that journals. way. <laughs> that that. But it's like exhilarates you. Okay, that it's exhilarates. Like, you. It's something yeah. that feeds me. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like books and pages. You're, you're gonna get Rebecca in trouble with her mom, by the way, who's watching. <laughs> no, no. And I think no, no, no. But right, it's not that did. different. It's like whatever your church be. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that's very interesting. Is the... I think that we're gonna have radicals, and no matter what there is, yes. we're gonna have radicals. And, and let me just, I'm gonna just throw this out there because, um, all right, let's let's. Let's talk about the gay trans community. I love them, right? Mm. Have a lot of them, a lot of friends that are gay and trans. Um, one of my trans fans is very religious, knows a mm. lot about religion, um, has a lot of bad things that they can say about it, a lot of good things that they can say about it. Mm. Have a gay friend in Houston who's about to get married, and he is a very Catholic. He is Mexican Catholic. So if it's Roman Catholic, would it would it be him? Um, but he does not like the way that his community is projected at a lot of these parades, mm. at a lot of these shows. Um, there's radicals all over the place. It yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, it, there's going to be a radical somewhere. There's a, okay. We like guns, right? We're gun owners. We support the Second Amendment. I love it. If, you don't if, see if, me if out there. If you're looking in the background, I, I kind of love guns, but yeah, <laughs> like, you don't see me out like waving my guns around. I'm exactly. not a radical. I'm not going to be running around with the NRA at a school after a school shooting in that town saying, let's support gun rights. No, I have a lot of, I have more respect for the human, you know, what they're going through at that time, yeah. what a community is going through. Yeah. So, you know, 
it's not just the Christians that are radical, but if you want to know some really good documentaries that'll open up your, your mind a little bit, um, Netflix has a ton of them on Mormonism. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've never in my life realized what uh, the polygamy and things like that have done to that, that community. Mm. Uh, it's, 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 it's amazing because they, they've almost glamorized it with like, what is that? Sister Wives? That, that show Sister yeah, Wives? Yeah, uh, uh, big, big Love. <gasps> big big Love was the one on HBO, right? Well, Big kids. Love, but... But I, I think Sister Wives, Sister Wives is Sister Wives is on TLC, and it's a reality. It was like show. a big program a while ago. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, Big Love was like one of the big ones. Yeah. yeah. So they've like glamorized it, right? Just like they're glamorizing so many things, like my six hundred pound life. I can't stand that show. It just irritates the shit out of me. Yeah, I won't. I, I won't even watch it because it's like I, I think she's beautiful. I think she's great, but I just. just well, it's it's <laughs> it's it's ironic that, um, or not ironic. It's tragic that we've lived through this period of time in pop culture where, you know, starting with the uh, uh, the real world and some of these other shows, um, you know, you know, it's 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 basically considered. Uh, kind of like real life TV, right? Like it's it's considered uh, filming real life, and and it's it's complete BS because it's not real life. It's it's, it's produced it's and it's it's people overacting and it's it's uh, focusing on the extreme. It's not focusing on the average. But I know? think that stuff with the Mormons, like the sister wives and the big love, those have a an appeal to women because we don't women way back when we were tribal. We were like, oh, yeah, I I, I got to be honest. Like, okay, so the idea of having multiple wives, like most men (laughs) at the onset, at the the onset, most men would be like, yeah, like, you know, I could I could father children with multiple women, stuff like that. I got to be honest, as someone who's been married twice now and and specifically married for an extended period of time with my current wife, I cannot imagine what it would be like having to balance like two, three, four, five wives. Like not to mention the mm-hmm. fact that like you're talking Rebecca about um, how it is not a glamorous thing. It is, it is uh, a, a, a life, a, a life or a lifestyle that's built off of like a hierarchy where it's not like, you know, but I think everyone reason... gets along and has a good time and stuff like that. It's just not that. But the reason it gets no, exactly. is not. because that's something women are missing in their relationships. Oh, that's it. That's... that's an interesting thought. So that is interesting. The, the, the I don't know. I don't, women... I don't want to know. I don't want another. Bitch like, I don't know. I don't want to know. Yeah. Relationship. <laughs> 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 I've got enough personalities to one man can't handle. <laughs> <laughs> this this one guy who like has been trying to talk to me like trying to date me here in town he's he says so tell me something interesting about you so i went into politics and everything like that and he goes oh you're quite complex i'm like oh i guess <laughs> i guess yeah. that's what she can say <laughs> i do you do you run into uh I'm, I'm not familiar with the area of arkansas that you're in but do you run into kind of like some of that conflict where men are looking for like the more trad wife type women versus 
uh, someone who's like type A and, and go getter and that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I literally was told the other day that, you know, because I have an opinion and, and voice my opinion that a man's not going to want to be with me um, because I should sit there. But and I'm like, well, I can't be with another man like that because the man I was married to, he hated that I would speak my opinion in group settings. Oh, you know, he would he would look at me like, stop just be quiet. You know, I wasn't allowed to have an opinion. Um, So he didn't like going and doing things with me with a group of people, because if something got brought up that I didn't agree with, Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to say something. And he Mm. didn't like that. So yeah, I was told just just the other day that that would be Mm. probably why it's going to be hard for me to find somebody. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Next. (laughs) You know, I thought, oh, wow. You know, because I feel like I always argue with people very respectfully. I never, you know, leave an argument or just because we don't agree on something doesn't mean I'm going to disrespect you. But, yeah, you know, yeah, so it is it is different. It is hard um, because I'm I'm not a docile woman, I guess you could say, where I'm just, you know, going to just lay down and take whatever a man has to say <laughs> no that that's good i think uh that that i i believe whether or not it had a place or not in culture you know 100 or 200 years ago i think has been something that has uh been outmoded even if it did have a purpose back then right like not not mm-hmm. that i would necessarily say that um it didn't have a purpose back then but i would say like whatever circumstances might have been different right Nowadays, it makes sense for women to view themselves as equals because there's not that much of a difference on average. And I'm not saying that like men and women aren't different. But what I'm saying is as far as like being a human being, there's not that much of a difference between men and women. And I think sometimes uh, religion or even spirituality uh, gets contorted to try and wind back the clock Right. Like to 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 try and pull things back into that old world kind of thing, which, by the way, is an is a, a an assault of leftists where they say, oh, well, you know, they want to put women back in this kind of like, you know, hands made handmaid's tale kind, well, kind of. Yeah. And there's lots of women who want to be home and be a mom and and that's fine that that is like that's fine that's freaking amazing yeah like and there's women who want no kids and there's like there's no one way to do it right and exactly. i think no matter what way you go women get i i gotta be honest i i have a real problem with dads wanting to use the breastfeeding thing I mean, that's a little weird for their babies <laughs> that's just messed up like i'm I, <laughs> I draw the line there Right, like that is. But you baby wore. No, no, no. Well, you, I, I mean, no, I'm not saying you breastfed. You baby stop, wore. Stop <laughs> accusing me of things I did not do. No, you, no, no. You baby wore. I, I carried a baby. Yes. I held the baby close. Yes, yeah. There was no suckling of of no, fake that's just boobs with milk in it. <laughs> You're back on meet the fuckers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have nipples. Can you milk oh. me? <laughs> no, like. I there there's definitely some perversions too where this thing is like 
you know, there's there's like some guardrails and then stuff goes way outside the guardrails, which as long as like it's 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 a, a fringe kind of thing where it's not become commonplace. All right, fine. Like, you know, express yourself or, or push the, the limits, so to speak. But when it starts to become this like common thing, then you got to be like, whoa, hold on, text. Like, we got to pull this back to a more, more about the pregnant emoji, the pregnant male emoji. Well, yeah, that too. But I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, I'm, I'm more so talking about the breastfeeding, like stay at home dads who feel like they like, oh, they have to do everything. You know, they're exactly. jealous of moms being able to nurse their kids. Like, oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. Wow. Yeah, no, no, that it's like it might just be like a northeast and west coast kind of thing, but I didn't know that. I've never met anyone. I have an interesting question though, off of the whole meet the fuckers kind of thing. Okay. I am on a track now, just kind of trying to trace back misogyny. I'm trying to like, I feel like everyone talks about racism, ageism, everyone talks about all this stuff. And in my own mind, I'm kind of like flying backwards and kind of tracking misogyny. I think it's only snowballed. I don't think it's gone away at all. Let me I ask think... you, hold on, before Rebecca responds, let me ask you a question. What would you consider misogyny? That's a very what I was important ask. question. I'm going to say the, I'm going to just say the hatred of women, the, the, the pushing down of women, the, like the, oh, oh you mean, do I have to define women? No, no, no. I, oh, okay. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I know what a woman is. Right, right. Like the pushing down and, and the app. Uh, yeah. Well, do you know what a woman is? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. But like, you know, I feel like misogyny. So you can trace it all. I mean, it's so far back. You have, I think originally though, like you'd have to go past, past patriarchy all the way back. And, but like, you know, I think, and I hate the words like patriarchy and matriarchy. I'm not a big fan of either of them, but and everyone wants to say it, it, what's going on now. They don't ever mention misogyny ever, ever. And I feel like in the, at the, at the, at the core root of everything that's going on is like a sense of misogyny when I look at it. And I wonder, I wonder how many of those roots are placed in religion. That's a totally big question and random. And that is, that I'm, is big, um, but you know what the Bible tells you to for a man to treat his woman like a diamond and he also says to put your wife before your children because your kids leave they grow and leave and you have to keep your marriage sacred well that's the thing though about the bible is the words can be used however anyone wants to use them i feel like everybody kind of uses their words for different things right that's how you interpret it how you interpret it so it just all depends you know honestly all the guys i meet I don't want a man to look at me as his complete equal. I want to be his partner, but I'm made to be different than him. Mm. For me, for me, I'm made to be different from him because we're supposed to bring out the strengths in each other. Mm. So if he's my equal, I might as well be with a vagina. Okay. Like I don't, I, I feel like, I feel like it goes back. It like, and, and one of the things that brought this whole thing up for me was, the um the roe v wade thing and i was looking mm -hmm. around and all of these women were calling ex not exuberantly but what's the word um excitedly uh what's the word I'm thinking? well what's interesting is enthusiastically. you're enthusiastic yeah yeah you're like to <laughs> i'm gonna mansplain this right now <laughs> <laughs> you're, 
you're, and you're, I'm okay what, with that. What's, inter- <laughs> what's interesting is you're looking at this from the standpoint of you actually think that feminism, the pendulum has swung not back to equality, right. but, but to a, a level of insanity well past equality, where now all of a sudden women are uh, uh, relishing in or reveling in. There was actually a video the other day on that was shared online of uh, women talking about fetishizing abortion. Oh, right, like the, the, well, like, right, that's like, just sick. And so, so what I'm saying is, it sounds. I don't like think I don't understand. Is- I, I I hate that they 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 overturned Roe versus Wade because a woman's right to have a child or not have a child is her right, and you don't know what the circumstances are, and we don't have to know. That's the thing that should be her right to decide what she wants to do there. But I've seen it too, where women are making it it's almost like a mockery of it like it's i wouldn't i mean i what what got me was it's disgusting women enthusiastically calling for the murder of babies yeah I, exactly. you sit on roe v wade doesn't matter to me like that's but twerking, twerking for it twerking for it was so it was getting me yeah, I was the, like, the witness like can you make there. yourself like you're not going to be taken seriously this is you're you're being disgusting like it's not a birth control like you're not only right ending a human life but you're also hurting your own body every time you do something like that well so the the discussion we had on this the the position i took was i think the decision needs to be made as close as possible to the people that are most directly affected right so mm-hmm. that relies with the mother it relies with the child there is some input from the father right um and and maybe and this is a big asterisk maybe the local community I don't think the state government, I don't even think the county government should have any say in it, right? Like nobody think, should have a say in it, right? but like you said, the closest people involved. Exactly. It, it should be like a, a family or very close community-based decision. So the the what's funny is within the liberty community, the 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 debate then happens. Once the Supreme Court ruling comes down, now everyone's like, oh, well, the federal court was basically uh, writing the injustice of what the states were doing, right? And then other people were celebrating it because they were like, oh, fantastic. It goes back to the states. We're now getting closer to, you know, that that local decision-making process. And and it's it's this crazy kind of uh, world where the the tyranny of the government has essentially taken people that normally would have seen things exactly the same way that that would agree with you and I that that decision making process needs to happen as closely as the people to the people that are affected as possible and it's now pitted people against each other that have the same same viewpoint right like the 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 supreme court ruling was said to be like pushing it back to the states and people were on opposing sides, thinking it was a good thing or a bad thing, when at the end of the day, like, however you get back to that that point of view of the the most local decision, is is the ideal scenario, right? Um, and what's crazy is there is this impact of culture, religion, politics, economics. All that in seep that into this thing. one thing, and and it's not just that. Like it's 
it's everything else. It's the gun debate. It's the, 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 it's taxes. It's, it's everything that seeps into it. Um, and it's really messed up that we have a system where people that otherwise would see eye to eye on a lot of these things end up pitted against each other because they're arguing some nuanced position within it. But ultimately they all want it to go to the same exact spot. Like I, I truly believe that most people do not want to pay taxes. At the same time, you get people that are fighting amongst right. well, themselves. Well, I think a lot of the a lot of it back. too. Well, a lot of it too was the reason why they pushed it out is I think because what is ex the Supreme Court? What is it for? It's really to protect the Constitution, our constitutional rights, right? I, so, I would. Like, we, we we can get into a constitutional debate on that one. I would actually argue that the Supreme Court's position is to make sure that the actions of the federal government are constitutional, mm -hmm. right? So, like, so I can see why they push that back to the states. Then. Yeah, I mean, I can see why. I mean, you, but so you can see why logically why they would push that back to the states. Yeah, you know that's. But but again. I can also see the other side of the argument where people say, well, my state is, is whether it be because of religion or, or, or whatever it is, that's, that's uh, kind of guiding the people that are the elected officials are anti allowing choice, right? Like I can see that argument as well. I can um, too, but you know what mine is, is that educate yourself and get mm. out there and start educating other people and actually get involved in your local politics and quit just paying attention to the federal. We have more people who will just vote for the president of the United States, but will have do nothing in their local, local towns, local communities or state. And they don't realize they all play a part together. That's how democracy is supposed to work. Yeah. That, okay. I, I, preach because that's something that has, uh, I We're now going to be going to our local, uh, whatever Congress, no state Congress. Now, now that being sometime soon. That being said, <laughs> as someone who someone who uh, has the very mindset of of kind of more agorism, where I choose to like try and find my way outside of government control. Um, for those people who choose to be vocal or involved in government, um, just being vocal is not enough, at least in terms of like, you know, voicing your, your discontent. So from your point, Rebecca, yes, a hundred percent. If you're one of those people within the libertarian party who is, you know, anti that, or, or if you live in a state, that's a red state that decided to take this Supreme court ruling and use it as impetus to then, you know, change choice and stuff like that within your state, then your recourse is not just angry tweets right like your your recourse right. is actually to get involved get out there and do you know. something and that's exactly i think i tweeted that as soon as it happened because the trigger law went in effect in our in effect in arkansas as soon as that went in effect mm -hmm. they canceled abortion appointments that were made for that day um because that law went into effect and it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're rape or incest or anything like you, you can't have it i diary so diary exactly of Diary yeah. of a Modern Caveman said, "Liberty is the worst about going after local politics mm -hmm. where they could have meaningful impacts." Look, one of the, like true. regardless of whether or not you see eye to eye with him, Tom Woods wrote a book called Nullification, which is the most amazing book I've ever read in my entire life because 
if you are one of these people that have the mindset that you want to go the political route, you can literally take a town council and nullify state and federal laws. Like if you want to, you can truthfully go to a town council and as long as you have enough votes, you can push back against federal and state laws. I mean, but you've people already seen don't, but and this, unfortunately people don't under, they don't know that. Yeah, they, they don't get the we power don't, that they have. We don't educate people and and that's what I, I guess because I okay, let me just tell you like I told you I love history, right? Well I took <laughs> I took like literally just history and civics classes all through high school and college just to take them because mm. it fascinates me. Mm. But people are not knowledgeable in it and we don't we don't educate the public. But I think honestly that the government wants it that way because the more ignorant we are, the more power they have. Oh yeah. That's what I miss. Yeah. That's what I miss about having my dad around, like talking to him about what he knew about the wars and his experience as a veteran. Yeah. I think like maybe that's what history in school should be like people coming under that. Now you don't have a lot of people like they had like one of the last World War II veterans who was like died. Right. Like, yeah. You don't have it so much anymore. But like bringing people in and just fit like when I had history class, I fucking hated it. I would watch them like they roll in the TV and play the black and white movie on the VHS tape or something. Right. And you would know you'd be taking a nap that period. Yeah. Right. And then you know you had to memorize three paragraphs to have a test tomorrow on it. Yeah. And then you could forget everything. You know, what, what's so like, hilarious. Here's, here's the other I, aspect. I literally, I took an elective class called war zone. Mm. in high school and it was elected yeah. and it was all about war vietnam um the world wars like i like i what, loved what, it what what position did it take on war was it did it talk about both sides or was it oh one it side? did it was amazing and just like you know it's so funny is i love it whenever um people you know, I was talking to my friend in Europe about this actually. Well, she's in the UK and we were talking about history. And we were talking about she goes, Does Biden really know what's going on over there? And I said, I really don't I don't know. I don't know. Bless his heart. I don't know. She goes, He just seems so confused, you know, because they're mm. seeing what we're seeing. And we started talking about dictatorships and fascism and how they always say the right is they're fascist the right's fascist you know they're all and i'm like we're far from that but anyway where i'm going with this is we started talking about hitler in germany mm. but a lot of people don't realize the state the country was in when hitler actually took power yep. they were from the treaty of versailles it was so they were so they were in such desperation weimar they republic were, Yep. They uh, they were they were burning money just to stay warm. Like yep. they 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 didn't and money had no value. They would have taken anything at that time mm. just to get had that treaty. It killed Germany mm. I and mean, it killed them. And you know, I was like, so I said, I told her, I said, I'm, you know, I said, but, but people don't understand that we kind of put them in that position. We almost, I mean, in, in our own way, because we were part of World War One. We put them in that position, but we don't take responsibility for it. And we didn't, we don't teach that. All we taught was Hitler and the Holocaust and Hitler did all these bad things. That, that is, that is like, you know, like we, we talked about the civil war earlier 
talking about World War II, like we can talk about Vietnam, which which Jocelyn's father was involved in, Korea. Yeah, he just knew so much. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. so from that standpoint, if if you talk to people that were actually involved in this oh, thing, how much cooler would history they, be? Well, not necessarily, yeah, not it. necessarily just cooler, but you would also understand that. These things are not simple, cut and dry. No, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like anyone who thinks that Lincoln was a choir boy is wrong, right? Thank you. And any, <laughs> anyone who thinks that uh, Hitler uh, uh, was bent on world domination right from the very beginning doesn't understand how he got his start, right? Like right. anyone who thinks Putin bad. Ukraine is getting taken advantage of doesn't understand the current circumstances of that conflict. They don't get the in, the interests of other countries that are baked in and things like that. So, oh, the even just, even, even the civil war here, they don't talk about it. It was it was money. It's political. Mm. It was money. It was it was economic. That's what it was. It yeah. wasn't about freeing anybody because yeah. You know, that was part of the thing. You didn't leave the Union, but you couldn't have slaves. But guess who still had slaves? The North. Yeah. But for some reason, people would just want to say, the South hated Black people. They wanted yes. the slaves. You know I, what I mean? It, it is it is crazy how many people have be, become, I mean, like, we're we're adamant homeschoolers. Um, and, and the reason why is because we want our kids to get that nuanced view of things. We don't want our children to get some kind of rote you know, uh, textbook version of history or, or textbook version of anything for that, for that sound from that standpoint. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really kind of disconcerting that so many people have, uh, almost kind of like devolved their perspective into this very black and white view of, of life or, well, it was taught or to history. Us in black and white. <laughs> well, it was. But yeah. no, but I mean, like, how many times do I go to you? Oh my God, was World War One in 1920? Like, I have no clue. I remembered timelines at one point in my life, but now all I remember are the excerpts that people told me in person. Like, I can't read it unless I read a novel that's based in history that like has a lot. Oh, so like Alice Hoffman wrote a beautiful piece about the Jewish um about about being in um in Israel and all the and I remember that stuff because it was told like a story to me, but I'm never gonna. I'm still gonna ask you in 20 years. When was World War? Oh II? no! I, ne <laughs> next next week we have Shane Hazel on, and he are he and I are gonna talk anti-federalism, and then we'll talk about whether or not we actually should have been in World War II, which might get our YouTube channel nuked. By the way, um, Ooh. <laughs> but, definitely gonna have to pay attention to that one. Yeah. <laughs> but so like. I again, I like that. That really speaks to the point of like whether it's history or whether it's math or whether it's religion and and these things. Um, uh, what's the saying? Uh, history is written by the victors, right? Um, mm -hmm. That's the other thing that people have to understand is uh, know, tons so of these many. historical accounts are written by people that essentially executed patriots and and killed people that fought for freedom, right? Like we're lucky to be in one of those countries where the patriots back in you know the the late 1700s mm -hmm. actually won right like but that being said that doesn't mean the fact that our history books haven't been rewritten over the last you know 250 some odd years um you know based off of see, who was in power like, that's not to go to back to my old point but that's why i like outlander now i've learned about this oh my god <laughs> do, do you watch outlander rebecca <laughs> 
I do not, but I used to like Please Quantum do. Leap. Yeah. Please I, do. It, it's uh, so good. It, first of all, it's risque. Okay. It's very risque, uh, but it's so good. It is based oh, okay. off of a romance novel, but the romance novel is extremely well researched in terms of Scottish history. history. <laughs> um, and, and yes, yeah, it's it's about uh, the Scottish fight for uh, independence from England. England. It's then it then follows them to what France, yes. and then the United States. Yep. As, and then as they're they at the, like this the this next season is like the Revolutionary War. Yes, but yeah. like, but but it's such a like that. That's how I like. I'm. I don't know if it's just because I'm a woman. Maybe it. Maybe I go back to the homosexuality. Maybe it's not. But like, I want to hear accounts that I can picture and dream in and live in for a minute. And I was fed fucking facts as a teenager <laughs> when I wanted to just be out dating somebody or you know like it didn't. If they had maybe if Outlander was my you know my way. Of if they romanticize for teenagers. <laughs> What do you, yeah, take like, take like everything, Twilight. Everything then, like, that I hate is like, quit like, romanticizing <laughs> it. It's like everything that I, I am totally against. So. Yeah. Well, so my dad was army. So, um, and he loved the history channel. So, um, my dad and I would just watch the history channel. So like, I grew up just learning about it. And of course he loved <laughs> war. Like he was excited when he got deployed, um, operation desert storm. Mm. You know, he was ready for that call. He was excited about it. Um, then, of course, my grandfather and my uncle are Vietnam vets. My grand, my uncle lost his legs in Vietnam. Um, my grand, my other grandfather fought in the Korean War. Every person on my dad's side of the family all served um, Navy, Marine, Air Force, something or other. Mm. So, military and 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 war is very, I guess ingrained in me yeah maybe no. we should be like israel where everyone has to do their two years uh, that very anti-libertarian no i i would actually take the op opposite tack because you gotta remember that um again like we we live in a revolutionary war town so um morristown in new jersey is one of the areas where uh washington actually set up an encampment here here in new jersey during the revolutionary war and so every single year they do a reenactment where on the green, they read the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> and uh, Jocelyn actually can't stand bringing me past the reading of the Declaration of Independence because every year I basically yell, we have the same problems now. Um, all of the grievances right. in the Declaration of Independence oh, are all true now. And so, um, and one of the specific grievances is uh, a standing military, basically giving quarter um, without consent to military in in the United States, and so my my biggest piece as an anti-war person, whether it be anarchist or libertarian, is that when you have a well-founded, well-funded, large military organization, you not just causes problems, you have to legitimize it. And so in legitimizing it, you almost have to pick fights to, well, so, to, to show that you need that expense. So my dad would always say a draft wasn't, he didn't like the draft, but he would say it's important mm -hmm. because you have the people who stood up against it. Like, well, yeah, so the that's, more people, that, if everyone has to do it, do more people become anti-war? Well, that's a, that's a very uh, I mean, Vietnam vet-esque kind of perspective. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, maybe there's some truth to that. Yeah.
I were were uh, Rebecca. Were all your family members voluntary enlistment, or did any of them get uh, drafted? Voluntary. All of them okay. were voluntary enlistment. Yeah. Yeah. All it's, of them. I was an I was an ROTC actually. Oh really? I I what uh, what branch of service? Air Force. Okay. I got in trouble a lot because I was late. So half the time yeah. I showed up, I was high. So they didn't even know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, we I had. Think- um, I, on yeah. campus, I, I went to Tulane down in New Orleans, um, and so on campus we had the the Narvel, the Navy ROTC people, we had the Army ROTC people, which were in the vast minority, and the most of them were all Air Force uh, ROTC, and and the reason why is because it was a bunch of northeastern white liberals that overpaid to go to a southern school, and so a lot of them wanted like some desk jockey job <laughs> in the air force in order to like say that they served. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love, you know what? I did like it though. I, I did like it when I wasn't having to march all the time because I was tardy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a pain. That was a pain in Do the you ass. Have you to know? go through boot camp for that? For the air for force? ROTC? Yeah. Well, if I went to air force, I would have. Yeah. Yeah. If she would. I, so did you uh, finish school as ROTC or did you? I didn't. We moved okay. and when my parents, my parents divorced when I was 13. Um, it's, no, go ahead. Sorry. It's sorry. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's, I don't even know. It's like, a, I don't know how, what it stands for, but it's basically what teenagers get into to get them ready to enlist. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I was thinking. I think it, was it stands like for the... recruit officer training, something. It's 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 essentially a entryway into getting into the military, but yeah. you're you're not uh you're not enlisted. So okay. like enlisted, think of like blue collar, like they're going to be the grunts, right? right? right. If you go to college, it gives the opportunity to get like a fast track to becoming a lieutenant. Depending on oh, service I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes. I just was like thinking in my head it was the one where they go once a month. No, 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 no. no you're that's, thinking you're, reserves. Reserves. That's yeah, your reserves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um I was going to stay in it, but when I moved schools, I would have had to take it at a different school and it was gonna be army. And I was like, nobody wants to be in the fucking army, they're stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know they all have that saying like the smartest or the marine well no the marines are the um the crayon eaters are, yeah then you got like <laughs> the air force is the smart ones and the army's the dipshits you know yeah the navy, it, so i don't know what the navy is but the, 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 the navy guys all sleep together apparently that's <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i yeah you know but but you know but it's funny, you know, what's funny is that when I graduated high school, so like I said, all my family, my dad's side of the family, military, it's like, my, I don't want to say my main name, but they call my name, they're like, Rebecca, you know, so-and-so, and I started going across the stage, and you can't hear nothing but, hoorah, I was like, oh my god, did they just hoorah <laughs> at my graduation? <laughs> you got to be kidding me right now you know from that standpoint too like again like talking about uh the dynamic with like organized religion or 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 whatever you want to talk about the idea of community right like people who are hungry for community i mean like if you're looking for community Mm -hmm. right like the military is most definitely a community i wouldn't like 
you could argue the merits of what that community is based off of. But if you are someone who is like an at-risk youth, if you're someone who comes from a poor family, or if you're someone who feels like you don't connect with other people, mm. like you are thrown into a group of people that have a similar circumstance in life. Once you get into that group yeah, that you then become a part of, right? Like yeah, it's family. It's your yeah. Family. It's, and, and it can have its positives and it can also be as we've seen with the United States in, in multiple uh, situations can be uh, contorted or, mm. or misused, you know? Or abused, so to speak, you know. Um, that would probably be where I lean a little, I guess you could say conservative and right, is that I do have a high respect for our military service hmm. men and women because because a lot of them do voluntarily go and they are under the thumb of the government. They're going to be the first ones that have to take these vaccinations. They're going to be the first ones that are put on these test things. You know, they're going to be the first ones to walk into to fire, you know, they're the first ones that have to leave their families and not by choice. This is not yeah. a popular opinion, but if more, yeah. if less people didn't go into the military, would the government have as much? I guess they would just draft, right? No, I, I, in fact, uh, what's interesting is so the 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 recruitment rates have dropped severely over the last few years, um, and so much so that um, a, a push within the, the Libertarian Party has been to get the um, Defend the Guard bill passed, which essentially is, and if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with this, Rebecca, but um, a lot of the, a lot of the states have National Guard. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then they have, <laughs> we have it. then they have active military service. And so if you have a, a shortage of personnel within the Marines and the Army and the Navy and the Air Force, um, they will deploy the state national guard. And so a lot of presidents, namely the last three have abused yeah. the national guards of many States by having them run active uh, military campaigns over in the middle East. Whereas the national guard is technically their main goal Here. is to protect the United States yeah. and, you know, domestically right. respond to catastrophes and stuff like that. Part of the reason why Katrina was so bad was because the Louisiana National Guard was mostly deployed overseas. And so what a lot of people don't talk about is the fact that the the folks that were enlisted or, or at least signed up to protect the United States here domestically yeah. weren't here. They were being used to, yeah, that's you know, right. that's a, expand oil rights that. or or you know, uh, fight the battle of Saudi Arabia or other countries over in the Middle East when they really shouldn't have been there. What's you the know? name of that? Well, it's, it's funny that, that you brought that up because I was actually trying to look for it while we were talking before. Yeah. And I'm actually going on September 11th to the state capitol to um, help defend that with the libertarians mm. here um, because my dad was Army Guard. Mm. He was Army National Guard. So, you know, like I said, it has a place in my heart. Yeah, that that yeah. definitely hits close to home. Was yeah. it? Yeah. He, died, he died in 9-11? No, no, no. They're having, no, no, no. On, not, on oh. September 11th, they're going to be, they're going to rally at the Capitol. No, but oh, in the guard. He, he was active no. uh, National Guard in, in he, he was, no, he was okay. active in no, okay. Let me get Jocelyn on. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we are in New Jersey, New York. So 9-11, we know lots of people who. Yes, <laughs> yeah. September, no, September 11th, Arkansas Libertarians are going to be rallying at our state capitol 
to defend the Arkansas Guard here. Mm. Oh, and my okay. dad, my dad was Arkansas Army Guard. That, that's oh, fantastic. okay. So that's defending. That's what you were yeah. talking about. That which, which, by the way, again, the guard. coming into these like crossovers and things like that. So um, having Shane on next week, we'll be talking about anti-federalism and the fact that the Bill of Rights uh, only exists because of the anti-federalists, yeah. not because of the federalists who decided that they wanted to store more power in D.C., um, then, you know, most of the states were willing to, to, um, uh, afford to a central uh, authority, but the 10th amendment is essentially the foundation for the defend the guard bill. And the Ron Johnson that, has the 10th amendment on, in his, uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, he, he does. So office. yeah. So, uh, Senator Ron Johnson is one of the guys who was interestingly enough. So, um, I, I just totally changed topics. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you you are a watcher, Rebecca, but have have, have you ever heard of uh, the High Wire with Del Big Tree? Oh, so great! Mm-mm. Okay, you should watch it. Yeah, so uh, Del runs a organization called the Informed Consent Action Network, um, and he's done a lot of work during the the COVID um, pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it. Um, talking about informed consent, he's he's basically everything that has uh, been listed as disinformation and conspiracy theory. Uh, he was out in front of and has since been, um, most of it has since been proven fairly credible. But so, um, one of the things that, uh, he, uh, did recently was he, he interviewed, uh, Senator Ron Johnson who's the Republican Senator from Wisconsin. And he's actually one of the, uh, last remaining tea partiers that's in DC um, and I make this point all the time, like uh, if, if I was still political, it would probably have more impact. But I think the Tea Party should still be holding out. If you remember, <laughs> the Tea Party were the ones that uh, decided that they weren't going to confirm the, the federal budget uh, for mm-hmm. like eight weeks. And all of a sudden, like, you know, the world was going to come to an end and everything was going to oh, fall gosh. apart. And, you know, and they signed it. Um, I, I think they should still be holding out. I, I'm I like I would I would relish that if DC just fell to its knees because a handful of people wouldn't sign off on the budget. I thought that would have been absolutely fantastic. But they might have just taken them out in handcuffs. Uh probably. They they would have found something to trump <laughs> there, them up or something wrong with them. There would have been uh the FBI would have all, yeah. all, almost assuredly found some documentation yeah. on each one of them. But so uh yeah, no, Ron Johnson was an interview of his recently and he's got the 10th amendment up there. And I, I think, uh, people, people really don't understand the government, uh, and, and the history that, that led to it that they have right now, because, and even more so than the 10th amendment, I think people don't understand the ninth amendment, the idea that, you know, again, as an advocate for natural rights and, and natural law, um, if you don't understand the ninth amendment and the fact that you as an individual, if you don't seed certain you know rights and and um basically responsibilities to the state of the federal government you get to retain them uh we've lost sight of that you know as Mm -hmm. as 330 million people we don't understand how powerful we are as individuals and it's it's really unfortunate you know that 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 we've gotten to that point but is what it is you know like we're 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 faced with the the life that we have right now you know um so but yeah, uh, I don't know. Do you have any other questions for Rebecca? I'm like, uh, I know that no. you got in late, so. No, 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 no. I keep changing topic just because things hit my head. 
Well, well you yes. just said the Tenth Amendment, and I was yeah. like, it was on his thing. And then yeah. you're like, what? Like, what? What? <laughs> what? No, that that is a huge deal. If 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 anyone is interested, definitely Google or no, no, don't Google. Duck Duck Go, the Tenth Amendment Center, um, and and kind of uh get some information on the defend the guard bill because I think that's absolutely it sounds like such a good vote. Because if if someone yeah. chooses to sit and defend this land here and yeah. home. They should have that choice I, when they sign on let, the line. Let me ask you, Rebecca, what, what kind of experience have you had with that? Like, have you been involved in that until now, or are you just getting get going with it? The Defend the Guard? Yes, yeah. I actually had just saw a few weeks ago, the Libertarian Party of Arkansas had posted it, and I was okay. like, obviously, that's something I want to support, you know. Yeah, because so it's it's been pushed in a number of states. And Scott Horton is one of the ones that's really pushing it. Jeff Dice is pushing it. There's a couple of other people. Um, and the what's crazy is when this bill, or at least the discussion of this bill hits committee, the the people that are elected that are supposedly understanding of all of the things that are happening within our government, when it's highlighted what is actually going on, they are appalled. And then what happens is they still vote against the shit. <laughs> because that's the human effect. The, the, well, it's not yeah. just the human effect. It is I gotta go back to what we were talking about before. Like you you want to talk about some, you know, how how some like people's political persuasions or whatever are simpatico. I mean, like the the people who were uh JFK Democrats back in the late sixties and early seventies. Um, very much so would find a home in the Libertarian Party being anti-war because obviously it's rumored that the reason why he was assassinated was because of his fight against the military industrial complex. And it is completely evident when you bring the defend the guard bill before these state legislatures, because one, they have no clue what's going on. Mm -hmm. And two, at the same time, they are so, <coughs> um, they have the military industrial complex in their pockets so much that they even even despite the fact that they're appalled by what's going on, they it still can't find well, that's like the moral fortitude to be able to vote against. That's it. like the doctors who stood up and said this vaccine shouldn't go to, you know, six months to five year old. And we have all these questions and this doesn't make sense. And this doesn't make sense. But do you vote for it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One person abstained out of all of the doctors to make that emergency use authorization for five months to six, uh, five months to six years. Same thing. Yes. It's like, uh, the, the relationship to the companies. So well, much. well, it's like, uh, to pull a, a parallel, it's like, uh, believing just in case. Right. Oh, but then God. doing, but, right. Like, but then doing the bad stuff. It's call, well, anyway. no, I mean, it's calling the priest in. I, mean, I don't know. Is it backwards? Is it doing the bad stuff or is it calling the priest in? No, no, no. It's, it's doing the bad stuff. And then you call the priest in the end for, you know, spe special dispensation before you pass away and be like, oh, I finally found the truth. Mm. You know, like, I, I think that's kind of very, very similar. I mean, just, you know, it's, it's, it's really we live appalling. in a world. We live in a world that, I prefer to trust myself and my family than most other people. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Family first. Man. Like that's where it comes I from. I say this but... though, Rebecca, to Matt all the time. Like this idea of like, you know, people 
you can't trust them. They're, they're, we, we innately as human beings, unless you keep yourself in check, 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 check. We mm -hmm. have greed issues, power issues. We have, you know, it's like the human effect and, and it, it shows up everywhere. Everyone, I think oh, you absolutely. keep yourself in check with religion and meditation and yoga and, you know, like information and, you know, talking and con that's why you read the podcast to have the conversations to check in with other people. And, you yeah. know, that's, you know, but when we stop doing that, when we have a certain amount of power, it almost like just sucks you in, I guess, or, you know, you get to a place where it's just, you know, you're run by some, something else no longer. Yeah. And, and that, that I think is where we are politically. <laughs> I don't think we're there religiously. I feel like individuals have kind of taken over religion again in a lot of ways. I don't think a lot of people who are Catholic are really into the Pope. Do you? I mean, uh, I could totally be just saying that from a point of view that I have nothing, no idea what I'm talking about. I don't know. Every guy who's been talking to me lately is Catholic. Maybe I should start asking questions. <laughs> I don't think I don't. I feel like the individuals are kind of doing their thing, and I don't feel like they look to the Pope. For no, instance, I, but maybe I, they do. No, I think, uh, I, quite frankly, I think there was a lot of people, whether they're of the Catholic faith or, faith or not, they're beginning to see some of these um, seats of power that are uh, coordinating with each other. And so, like, if you're Catholic, you might look at the Vatican in a lot different way than you used to. Yeah. Right, like uh, in the 60s well, and 70s, made some decisions that... in the 60s and 70s, you would have looked to the Vatican for a lot of uh, um, uh, the path, like a, a lot of uh, direction, right? Yeah. Um, whereas I think nowadays, I think a lot of even mainstream Catholics are very skeptical of the Vatican because they believe that the the power, the seat of power has gotten so concentrated. And yet at you know? the same time, people are looking to politicians to fix it. And I think they're so, so lost in that effect. So, you know, it's kind of like... No one is coming to save you. <laughs> <laughs> no one. But it's like everywhere. You yeah. Know, it's, inter it's interesting. We look to companies to save us, to pharmaceutical to save us, to, you know... And we. What are you saying? We. I, I'm, I I'm saying I should take myself <laughs> out of that too. But like I, I the got, general uh, public, maybe. I got I Lysander know. Spooner back here that says there is no we. Yeah. <laughs> but in yeah, general, right? Like they look to the school. They they look to the school to educate them. Like yeah. There's the. And oh there well, we were. I was talking about that with somebody the other day. Like we're always looking for somebody to blame, yeah. raise our kids. And tell us what to do. Um, you know, we don't take responsibility. There's no accountability. There's none. We don't yeah. take accountability anymore. But it's interesting to think about that. That religion, though it may be going in the same way with things like popes and stuff, I feel like people are taking back religion in a lot of ways. I feel it's coming back to a place of consciousness, to a place of like individual practice and stuff on levels that I have not seen before. I, so as well, all that's happening on that political, educational, systemic position, and though it may be happening in like the places like the Vatican. Well, you do I know that like we that's have one place you it's know, like Ben Franklin and. Thomas Jefferson. I think Thomas Jefferson. I'm getting tired. I'm usually in bed by now. So yeah. <laughs> um, you know, me they, too. <laughs> uh, they were they were deists. I don't know if you know what deism is, but yeah. you know, we had the Great Awakening. We had deism, um, which they believed in God, but they didn't believe that God played into to, to every aspect of the life of your life, and you know things like that. So, I mean, there's so many. 
Religion's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, much to learn about it. it. There's there's a lot of complexity there. Um, actually, I, I I did a series with a, a, a guy who um, runs a natural rights um, nonprofit out of Montana. Um, and we talked about natural law, natural rights, and it's kind of uh, origins within, you know, certain types of belief structures, mainly Judeo-Christian. Um, and, and to your point, Joss, uh, a lot of people who are seeking a life where actions and the results um, more closely line up or are connected, um, a lot of them are moving to religion because um, there is a certain logic to uh, the, the the teachings of the precepts precepts of religion and what the product is, right? Like what the result is. And so a lot of people are moving that direction because and, you, you, you've seen the no national narrative, yeah, right? Where uh, take uh, student loan forgiveness, take, um, you know, basically uh, uh, the, the forgiveness of, of uh, mortgages and, and debt and bailouts and all this other stuff. Uh, we've had a culture that now has kind of de-emphasized actually dealing with the ramifications of your decisions and it's it's not a positive definitely not a positive i think it i think it's religion and spiritual i place religion and spirituality in the same thing right like i kind of play with them both but um, yeah but yeah can you guys i think, I think it's interesting uh oh sorry did we lose you rebecca She's like, you hear me? Me? yes we got you <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my earpods died like my, my, um, my earpods died and everything that's serious. I love it. You killed your AirPods. Yeah. <laughs> well, I look, you've, you've been on for two hours. So, uh, oh my goodness. I, God help. I, I was going to say, God help you. And I was like, should I say, God has helped you? And then I was like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Nothing offends me. You know, my ex husband, he didn't believe in organized religion and he called me the devil all the time. So. Yeah. I, I swore you said your husband never orgasmed when you just said that. Jesus like Christ. Oh. How much wine has she had? Oh my happening? God. I'm fine. Yeah. No, I, that's not no, that's the, no, that's the complete opposite. He always orgasmed. I never did. Ah, like, yeah. See, that's the problem. Misogyny. I'm back to it. Yeah. I won't yeah, start exactly. up there. Okay. He hated me. No, I'm I mean, I'm not joking. I didn't get off, but no, he didn't hate me. But <laughs> uh, I I can't say anything after that. I think we have to close the show. <laughs> Y'all, it's uh, been so much fun talking to you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful night. Yeah, uh, yes, thank you. thank you so much for taking the time, Rebecca. We appreciate it. Um, look, I we would love to have you back on if there's something that comes to your mind that you would like to discuss, or I'm pretty sure there's other stuff that's going to come up for us. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely invite you back on. So um, have an absolutely fantastic evening. And everyone, if you made it this long, thank you very much. You're a trooper. Um, <laughs> definitely catch us next Monday night at Shane 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, Shane Hazel is going to be with us uh, next week on Monday. So uh, should be an interesting one. I'm excited. I just want to learn. Yeah. He's, I'm going to zip it up next week. Oh, he's he's definitely going to drop some knowledge on you. That's I'm for sure. I'm going to learn. All right. <laughs> good night, you guys. Have a good night, Rebecca. Everyone else, peace. We're out. <laughs>